Tonight, the Jeff Davis 8 and the Wayfair Conspiracy Theory. Only on Newsworthy. Two words and two question marks. Hi, this is Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. Buying your first home can be overwhelming, but here are five tips to make the process go smoother. Number one, find a lender, me, Ed Locke, that can answer any questions you might have and help you get pre-approved. There are multiple options available based on your situation. Number two, work with a real estate agent you can trust. Number three, don't rush the process. Take your time and know that the process could take some time. Number four, consider all the costs. Number five, get a home inspection and review it with your realtor. Keep these tips in mind, budget for yourself, and you'll be that much closer to making your dream of homeownership a reality. So reach out to me at 502-680-0953. NMLS ID 448-908, DAS Acquisition Company, LLC, doing business as USA Mortgage, NMLS ID 227262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions apply. USA Mortgage is an equal housing opportunity. scoured the podcast world and finally found us newsworthy with steve and jerry where we delve into all things mysterious macabre or out of this world and decide if they are truly newsworthy two words and two question marks Good man, how you doing? I'm great and getting better. Me too, and I'm excited because I hit the record button and our thing starts working better. So, woohoo! Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. Go figure. Man, we got a a interesting and mac. What's the word? Uh, macabre, I think, would be a macabre story today. We've got a very weird conspiracy we're going to talk about that for the most part I think most of the way is has been put to bed it's one that didn't pan out the way conspiracy theorists and I can't imagine a conspiracy theorist would have hoped that that would have panned out the right way but um, it's going to be interesting to go all I know is right now my wife is so mad at me Jerry why is that <laughs> I invested all of our savings in in Bose stereos. Why does that bother? That's a good product. Well, I told her it was a sound investment. Oh, no. <laughs> she didn't see it quite the same way you did it. Oh there. no, definitely not. Definitely not. You know what you should have told her about? What? They've come out with a new sugar substitute that's marijuana based. Really? It's called Sweet and High. <laughs> That would be a good investment right there. So, on, on a completely side note, okay. I wonder if my new condition will allow me to partake in Sweet and High and not get in trouble at work. I don't think so. 
we are able to do that seamlessly. You know, we yeah. had such an issue with it. Little gun shy. We had such an issue with it our last publisher. Every time we tried. Every, Every single, single time. time. So. That was several times. Very soon. One of those we hope is going to be uh, involving some paranormal researchers. That ought to be cool. Um, and. Uh, hopefully we can get our main man Clay back on here and he can tell us about some awesome government conspiracy or cover-up or how bad how bad the uh, government is spying on us currently. <laughs> and he is our resident expert for that. You ain't a kid, boys. Eat, sleeps, breathes it. Yes, he does. So, anywho. That he does. So, Jerry... Mr. Steve. You got a conspiracy for us tonight. I do. I do. Why don't you lead off? I think yours is more exciting, so. <laughs> My conspiracy theory is stupid. <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss that later. <laughs> it's not just stupid. You can't yeah. just say, well, the conspiracy I'm going to be talking about today is just stupid. <laughs> Pretty much it. Okay. Well, I want to talk tonight about... Uh, at least one, we might get into two, but I want to talk about a particular set of killings that happened down in Louisiana. Um, now, the authorities don't know if this is the result of one killer, a serial killer, or multiple killers. Um, and, and the reason they have a couple of, we'll get into some of the, the details as to why they think that it may not be the work of a serial killer, it may be the work of some drug cartel, or but it meets the criteria, which is basically to be a serial killer, you kill, there's a brief period of inactivity, you kill again in a serial fashion. <laughs> um, so if this is a work of a single you know, hitman or enforcer for the drug cartel, it is, but it also has a law enforcement twist. <laughs> in fact, there's a lot of twists and turns in this whole thing. And it's kind of, like you said, interesting. Now, I want to preface this by saying, when we say interesting, we don't mean to discredit or take away from the fact that eight people have lost their lives. Um, they had families, that children, they had, you know, moms, dads. So we don't want to break away from that off at, at all. But this case is very interesting. And as at, at the time of us going on air with it right now is yet unsolved. So anytime we can bring, you know some more light on this subject, I think that's newsworthy. Oh, absolutely. Especially if it helps bring somebody to justice for this. Yep. So, let's talk about, what we're talking about is the Jeff Davis 8, sometimes called the Jenny Nate. It refers to a series of unsolved murders in Jefferson Davis Parish down in Louisiana. Between 2005 and 2009, at least eight women were found in swamps and canals surrounding Jennings, Louisiana. Um, most of the bodies were found in such a state of decomposition to make the actual cause of death very difficult to determine. Um, there's been plenty of books and investigative reporting. Ethan Brown is one of these people, and they have revealed in several instances how police investigations have been plagued by missteps within the sheriff's department 
Um, and how some evidence has been misplaced or lost. <laughs> and, and we'll get into some of the reasoning behind that anyway. Is that um, a very big, what you call it, a parish? Is parish, that's what, yeah. Parish? I, I think, well, let's look it up. You know, I didn't the even. I was asking is sometimes people go into an area, a very small town, where a horrible crime has been committed and they start, you know, years later saying, well, the sheriff and chief of police didn't do this, didn't do that. A lot of these guys in these little small towns do the best they can with what they got. They don't, they didn't have the education. They, they did the best that they probably could. So I was just wondering if this possibly was one of something like that. At the 2010 population, census population was, uh, 10,383. Very small, small town. Area. About the size of Lawrenceburg. Yeah. You know. Small area. Yeah. So. But what's a parish equivalent to? A city? Yeah, it's like County? a community. Okay. Uh, it's a corporated town. In, yeah. in Ohio, they call them incorporated areas. We call them towns and <laughs> podunks <laughs> here. Um, but small area. Yeah, very small town. Very, very small town. Um, anyway, back to it. There was contributing to lost missing evidence. There are uh, many things that say that it's not likely that this is a serial killer case, but that um, some things of law enforcement here and some of law enforcement have actually been suspects in the case. Uh, most people believe that this was a drug-based thing, something drug-related. And we'll get into that in just a second. But let's talk about the victims for a second. Uh, this is one of the rare cases in multiple killings where the victims were all very close in age. They all knew each other. Some of them were even kinfolk, um, which is kind of weird. Uh, the first victim that was found is Loretta Lewis, 28. She was found floating in the river by a fisherman on May 20, 2005. Other victims were Ernestine Marie Daniels Patterson. Uh, she was 30. Crystal Gary Lopez, 21. Whitney Dubois, Dubois excuse me, 26. Lacanya Muggy Brown, 23. Crystal Benoit Zeno, 24. Brittany Gary, 17. And the final body that was found was Nicole Gilroy at 26. That one was on a little odd because she was actually just found off the interstate, Interstate 10 in 2009. Now, we said that um, some of the decomposition made it almost impossible to discover how they'd been killed. The ones that they could tell had had their throats slit. Um, most of the people thinks that some form of uh, asphyxia was was the uh, main contributing factor. Uh, so Brown gets um, back to Ethan Brown. He gets a lot of credit for the work that he's done in this case as a non law you, enforcement non law enforcement person he gets a lot of credit because he did the the hard digging he did the the found so we're going to mention his name a lot give him a lot of credit but his investigative work uh reveals many tangled connections between the victims the suspects and the police 
like we said before, most of the victims knew each other pretty well. Some were related, Kristen and Brittany Gary. Kristen Lopez and Brittany Gary were cousins. Uh, Gary actually lived with Crystal Benoit shortly before her death. The victims also shared other common traits, poverty, mental illness, um, and the two big ones in this particular case is a history of drug abuse and sex work. Um, and we get to the drug thing, that's kind of a weird thing, and it gets us to some of our, our excuse me, some of our uh, first uh, suspects. Sorry for interrupting. No, no, you're How many good. of them had the uh, sex work commonality? All of them? Uh, as far as I know, all of them did. What is this sounding more and more like to you? What does this remind you of? Like some sort of harem or drug house, trap house? The guy in New York. Oh, in the or Cleveland. Wasn't it Cleveland? No, the guy in New York that just in the last couple of months. What's his name? I don't know. The serial killer. He, going back 20, 30 years. And the bodies were all dumped on this little stretch of a beach there in New York The Long City. Island Killer. He's number two on my list. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, I can't I forgot him. The big, tall... He looks like the dude... Uh, are we talking about Rex Howerman? Yes. Yeah. I, that, <laughs> so much of this is reminding me of that case. Yeah. From the sex work to the where the bodies were dumped and all of it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. just a big coincidence, I'm sure. But. Yeah. So, Kristen Lopez, we're talking about the, <laughs> the, the many twists and turns on this case. Kristen Lopez, one of the victims, was actually present when police shot and killed a drug dealer named Leonard Crochet in 2005, along with several other individuals connected with the Jeff Davis 8 case. Alvin Bootsy Lewis was a who had fathered a child with the with the victim Whitney Dubois and is also the brother-in-law of the first victim of Loretta Chasen Lewis. <laughs> All of these people were there and witnessed the police shoot and kill this drug dealer and had some form of testimony to and or for that case. Um Witnesses told the investigators they believed police had killed many of the victims because about what they knew about the shooting of Leonard Cro Crochet. So that's the first big assault on the police department. A lot of the witnesses saw that particular incident and then they started turning up dead themselves. <laughs> I just read that a Louisiana State Police investigation into that shooting concluded that he was unarmed when he was shot and killed. Right. You may mention that. If you did, I missed it. I didn't. I hadn't got so, there yeah, yet. Another yeah. reason why <laughs> they might be trying to cover up some exactly. activity. Um, several allegations. So the investigation, a task force consisting of 14 state, local, state, federal, and local law enforcement agencies was formed to solve the killings. Um, from the very beginning, however, the task force was looking for a serial killer, uh, just because of all the way that, you know, they assumed that all the people died in the same way. They only could confirm how two of them had died because of the decomposition, which is another reason that, um, they suspected that someone in law enforcement 
had a part in this because they knew about decomposition times. They knew about what the police, the, the investigators would be looking for. And most of these victims had those problems erased before the, the investigators ever found them. Um, one of the sergeants that actually took statements was forced out of his jobs and allegations were ignored by the by the sheriff's department in a lot of, in in regards to the Lopez case. Um, the, in 2009, the sheriff ordered every investigator working on the Jeff Davis eight case be swapped for swapped for DNA in response to the accusations. Here's the catch: Yeah, we're going to do it. We'll swab every one of our officers for DNA. However, the office to this day refuses to comment on the results of the DNA testing. <laughs> how do you, how do you, first of all, let me just stop for a second. If the feds are telling you you're going to swab your dudes, how do you not turn over the results of that test? I, I don't understand how that works. I, it may be a jurisdictional thing. It may be something of that nature. I'm not sure. Anyway, the police have issued or arrested four different people in connection with the case. Two held were held on murder charges for months before being released with issue because of issues with evidence, meaning it was made up. <laughs> um, Frankie Richard, a local strip club owner and suspected drug dealer, and admitted to being a crack addict and having sex with most of the victims was the last to have seen Crystal Lopez alive. Law enforcement's own witnesses, having connected Richard to the sheriff's office and two female inmates who stated the sheriff's office disposed of evidence in the Lopez case, alleged that evidence was discarded at the behest of Richard, meaning Richard may have had something to do with it and paid off a couple of deputies to make that go away. Um, so corruption... Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll throw corruption into that that mix and, and I laugh and I giggle because it's like how is this happening in modern day America I think it happens a lot you know what I'm saying it's, it's like by the way I looked it up a Paris is not a town a Paris let me go here sure and according to dictionary.com Paris has two meanings the Christian church Catholic church right. one number two in Louisiana, it is a territorial division corresponding to a county in other states. If this county had 10,000 people, it's an extremely small. A 10,000 population town is small. A county right. of 10,000 is That's extremely even small. remotely small. And the fact that they had eight sex workers at least. So they <laughs> yeah. Eight prostitutes in a town of 10,000? Holy crap. Yeah. Crazy. A county of 10,000. A county. Yes, I keep saying town. A county of 10,000. So, Byron Jones and Lawrence Nix, Nixon, a cousin of the fifth victim, Laconia Brown, were briefly charged with second-degree murder in the case of Ernestine Patterson. However, the sheriff's office did not test the alleged crime scene Holy crap. <laughs> the sheriff's office did not test the alleged crime scene until 15 months after Patterson's murder, and it found it failed to demonstrate the presence of blood. 
after 15 months. Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. By the way, one question. Sure. Back to the original girls. Roughly how long between when they disappeared and when they were found? Doesn't say. Um, be interesting. This particular know. article doesn't say. It does just say that all of this happened within a four-year uh, four-year span, leading from the death of the. It, it didn't start until the death of the the drug the original drug dealer that the police shot who was unarmed. So, it, it simply says that most of them were in a state before they were found of such dis decomposition that they couldn't Which identify. Lead you to believe it's been some time. Body's sort of, except that they were in the swamp, and Louisiana, mm -hmm. the the conditions there are ripe for fast it decomposition. Would much quicker than a lot of places. Right. It's still not going to happen in a couple of days. No, no, you're right. Or even a week or two. It's, and, they were there for a while. And it, it's it's very fortunate that, you know, we found all eight of them to begin with. You know, when we're talking swamp, we're talking about alligators and, and lots of things that make bodies go away very fast. Yep. Um, and, you know, this is one of those things that have so many twists and turns. There's actually a full book out on this. Uh, Ethan Brown, again, published a book um, called The Jeff Davis 8. Um, I would certainly want to and I think I'm going to actually read the entire book because you know what we've given here is obviously a brief synopsis of what's going on there are so many twists and turns so many different avenues of corruption so many avenues of money under the table so many avenues of this person looked that way instead of looking this way for a reason. I've already heard enough that I think <laughs> police were absolutely definitely involved. If if not the entire police department, at least the people involved directly with the shooting of the of the drug dealer. I I can't believe for the life of me they had nothing to do with this. I agree. So anyway, that's my first one. We'll leave it at that. What, what is the book, by the way? Uh, the Jeff Davis Eight. Jeff Davis Eight. Yep. Let's see if I can find. You could probably what? find that on Amazon.com. Probably. <laughs> probably could. Well, I certainly think, especially in this case, this definitely gets a thumbs up. It needs more That's news great. coverage because. You know, there's eight people with families out there that have no justice. So I feel like that definitely should get much more news coverage. Oh, absolutely. By the way, the full name of the book is Murder in the Bayou, Who Killed the, Wim the Women Known as the Jeff Davis Eight yep. by Ethan Brown. Great book. One of, you should pick it up on Amazon, right? Is that where you found it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Ethan, for your contributing Absolutely. work because that was uh, amazing. And in many cases, without work from someone like him, no one ever hears that. No one, no one ever. ever. It just kind of slides away. Yeah. A bunch of prostitutes, who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I was reading a, a small short story about a guy who died in a hotel um, not too long ago and without work of one individual they would have never been able to figure out it was murder and would have never figured out who committed the murder um, because they 
because of toothpaste. Can you imagine that? Go figure. <laughs> I could give you the whole story, but I'll let that I'll let that salivate on on your on your on your tongue for a while because that's a cool story for a different day. Here recently, I'm I'm terrible with names, but here recently I heard about a case similar to what you're talking about. But it after it was finally solved, and when it was, investigators gave huge credit to a podcaster who had talked about it numerous times and kept bringing attention back to it. And they come out and said, without this podcaster's work, this probably would have never been solved. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's... That was probably the podcast I was listening to. I tried to told you to listen to. <laughs> Which one is that? Oh, I'll have to look it up again. I've already Robin's stopped. Robin's favorite one's the murder... No, no, it's something totally different. Okay. Um, but, yeah. So, anyway... Let's talk about that uh, conspiracy. Then we'll come back and finish up with. If we have time, we'll do. We'll talk about the Long Island serial killer. And uh, Steve and I again, we've told you several times that you know we've moved to a new podcast host and we're just getting everything figured out. One of the things we've not figured out yet is how to leave links. If we get that figured out, oh, I'll yeah. leave a link to the Amazon yeah. page where you can actually order that book. Yeah, I think it'll be a good read. And, you know, again, eight victims, no yeah. justice. No justice. So obviously connected. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Just anyway. because you wear a badge does not mean you should get away with eight murders. I'm sorry. Not <laughs> right. 100% true. Yeah, not for my... Crazy, stupid conspiracy. <laughs> it's, uh, now listen. Now listen. I, I, just let me preface this by saying, when this first broke, and like all conspiracies, there was enough of the truth to make no, it believable no, for just a second. No, for, no, I never. I thought this. I remember you and I talking about this. Yeah. And I thought it was ludicrous from day one. <laughs> Nothing well, has changed. That's because uh, you got a big brain, Jerry. No. It, <laughs> It, it, it didn't pass the common sense test for me. It just didn't. In case you're wondering. <laughs> Go the ahead. Wayfair yeah. child trafficking conspiracy theory. Uh, but, but first of all, when we talk about conspiracy theories, we've talked about this before. The, the vast majority of them, like you said, are based upon reality to at least some extent. Right. There's enough truth. There's there enough kernel, yes, just there's enough something there. to make you believe this is possible or could be. And then there's some like this one. This one had none of that. <laughs> it just had nothing. Uh, Wayfair.com, the upper middle class home goods webpage that sells, you know, expensive stuff for your house. Back in 2020, well, a rumor picture. started that they... Why are you trying to take our picture? Well, because the last one I took, you were, like, frowning. <laughs> Probably thinking about this stupid... Well, here's the thing. I take, you ask why I take our picture. Let me, let me explain why I take our picture. Because we have a Facebook page. We have... We have... Um, Instagram page. We have an X page now, a Twitter page. An X page. That still doesn't sound right. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. So, there. But anyway, go yeah. right ahead, Jerry. Sorry. But the theory was that Wayfair.com, the, the, you know, again, the upper middle class home goods website, was not only selling uh, home goods, that they were selling children. 
someone had found some very expensive um, cabinets, I think it was. Yeah, it was cabinets. And uh, there, there was, I don't know, a handful of cabinets, and the price was somewhere between twelve and $15,000. And they thought that that was a crazy high price. And also the cabinets were named with girlish-sounding names. They put the two together, and they decided that Amazon was actually selling you this cabinet, but when you got it, it was going to have a human child inside it, that they were kidnapping and selling human children. Uh, and to get people to believe it even further, they had went out... Well, first, let me give you the name of some of these children, if I can find that here. Yuritsa, Olivia, uh, and their brothers. But they were predominantly girls' names. They had went out and found previously missing children who had the same first name. And they would show the, the missing posters next to the, the $14,000 cabinet being sold on Wayfair.com. So that, in a nutshell, is the entire conspiracy theory. And it was a conspiracy theory that took off like wildfire. Really quick. According to Facebook's own social media analytics tool, the term Wayfair generated 4.4 million engagements on Instagram. 4.4 million. And almost 12,000 on Facebook, uh, 12,000 posts generating nearly a million direct engagements. Um, it does not. That's just a number I was getting from the BBC. Yeah. Just crazy. It was. It, it it just blows you away that so many people will fall for pretty much anything. This wasn't well researched. This wasn't documented very quickly. The people, a few things began to come out about these missing children, quote unquote. They weren't missing. One was dead. One was a uh, young child that had fell into a. Uh, Pond, I think it was, and she was dead. Another one had, had uh, run away from home and was missing for two or three days, and she had been found. And it was there was plenty of police reports. Uh, she wasn't missing and hadn't been missing for a couple of years. Another one went on Facebook and did a live show, saying, "Hey, guess what? <laughs> I'm not missing. I'm here. Uh, here's mom. Here's dad." Uh, <laughs> So, but even with all of that, even the fact that it was debunked very quickly, repeatedly, that didn't stop it from spreading. That's a crazy part. That's why I'm calling it a crazy conspiracy. Snopes found that many of the children, uh, again, as I said, were not in fact missing. Navarro was the autistic three-year-old that had tragically died. She had wandered into a pond. Another one of the victims I had mentioned that went on Facebook Live, her name was Samaya uh, Mirman, M-U-R-M-I-N. But none of that stopped the conspiracy from spreading. I, it just, I, you were talking about some of the numbers on Facebook, on Twitter. The week before it blew up, Wayfair was averaging 500 mentions per day. The two days after it blew up, they were averaging 600,000. No, no, no. They were averaging 1.8 million mentions by 600,000 people. 600,000 different people 
was making an average of three posts each, 1.8. So they went from 600 a day, uh, 500 a day, to 1.8 million within a week. You know what? We what would be best What's if it? those 600,000 people, instead of mentioning Wayfair, mentioned Newsworthy, that would be good. That would. <laughs> you know what would be even better? What's that? If people did a little bit of research, if people, if they heard something that sounded too crazy to be true, if before they got on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, TikTok, by the way, was huge in this too, uh, and TikTok has been known for spreading disinformation on several other matters as well. COVID, they were huge on and got really drummed on for that. Uh, but the number of people who find something that maybe they it's contains a message that they like uh, it aligns with their beliefs it aligns with their beliefs a very good way to put it yeah. they don't stop to ask is it true they immediately get on every social media program they've got and start you know retweeting sending links all that does is that's actually what the exact reason why these things go viral in the first place. I think another it. big thing that happens with that is celebrity deaths. People yeah. will retreat those before, uh, you know, hey, Google, just to make a quick Google search will tell you, yeah, that happened or no, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that Larry the Cable Guy's died. Poor guy's died a hundred times at this point. <laughs> You know, this one is very similar to the Pizzagate conspiracy theory. Right. Which, by the way, both were started by QAnon people. Uh, and they're very, very similar. The Pizzagate one was when Hillary Clinton was running for president in 2016. It was the theory that said that there was a, a bunch of pizza restaurants that were owned and controlled by some top-ranking Democrats that were also kidnapping children and selling them. Uh, some of the... Some of... To take that just a step further, we both agree that Pizzagate was not, is a non-issue. But at least that one had some other contributing factors to it. Well, they'd researched it better, and it took a little more, not a lot, but a little bit more... Looking into it to realize it was full of crap too. Right, right. Unfortunately, wasn't that the one where somebody went into the restaurant with a, yes. a rifle and tried a to kill guy somebody? From Alabama or North yeah. Carolina drove to Washington D.C., went into one of the pizza places where it was supposedly going on with a rifle and started shooting. Jeez. He didn't shoot anyone. He shot in the air, or whatever. Still, but, uh, <laughs> you know, a guy went drove several states with a rifle simply because he had read it and believed it. So he determined, he decided he was going to do what he could to stop the children from being abducted and sold and mistreated, and he went up there with intention to stop it. So, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, so two things there. Kudos for believing in something enough to make the drive. Yep. Negative for doing it the exact wrong way. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Now, if you want to get an idea of how widespread this is, you know, we talked about Facebook and we talked about Twitter and how many views and mentions and tweets and blah, blah, blah. 
a poll that was done a few days before the 2020 election by a, uh, a group called the YouGov poll. And again, if we can figure out how to put links on the website, I'll put a link to this poll. But a poll a few days before the 2020 election found that half of Donald Trump supporters believe that top Democrats were in fact involved in an elite child sex trafficking ring. Okay. Now, the crazy part is, in the same poll, 44% of those people, the same people, Trump supporters, said that they had never heard of QAnon. <laughs> 59% of those that had heard of QAnon said that it is an extremist conspiracy theory with no basis in fact. But yet the majority of them still believed what they were saying. So somewhere along the line, it they hadn't heard it direct from QAnon. They weren't associating it with QAnon because when asked, they didn't think QAnon was reputable, credible. But they still believed the message. Again, I think it goes back to what you said. It aligned with their beliefs. Not only that, it it makes me remember if you if you don't hear the information from the source or as close to the source as you can get. Remember the telephone game. Yeah. Where, where one person at one end of the line, you whisper into their ear, and then that person that and the telephone game. all the way down the line, and then it's the last nothing, person. Not even related. Not even not related. Even, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that called the telephone game. I always heard it in a room like where people are in a circle or a big U. Yeah. The, the presenter will go to the guy at the end of one and, and whisper something in his ear yeah. and he's got to repeat it to the next guy and so on and so on. Whatever and they heard. Passed through 10 or 15 people. And it's nothing. It's got nothing to do with what was originally said. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. You know, and the sad part is, again, we're talking about this started with QAnon, right? Uh, we have a couple of United States representatives who were big QAnon believers. You know that, right? Marjorie oh, Taylor Greene's one. Yeah. Lauren Barbert is not hardly as big, but Marjorie Taylor Greene is a representative from Georgia. Lauren Barbert's from Colorado. Both of these guys, uh, again, Marjorie Taylor Greene a lot more so than Lauren Barbert, but both of them are QAnon believers, and both of them have espoused several QAnon beliefs. We're sitting here talking about the fact that voters need to be more educated, and that would help. That would help a lot. But uh, we've got people in Congress that are repeating the same stuff. Now, yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Why do you think it is? Why do you think people, again, the what they're saying aligns with some of their personal beliefs? That's part of it. That can't be all of it. What do you think it is? What makes people fall for conspiracy theories other than the easy answer? The easy answer, and you're 100% right, is... It aligns with something I believe. It's what I want to hear. Well, I think I think we live in a universe now that is very instant. There's a 24-hour news cycle. You hear something, you you immediately have to make a decision on it. Um, and I don't think a lot of people. It it's the same way with. So like. I just think a lot of people don't take the time to do their own research. Sure. Um, and when we were focused on a political slant here, it was the same thing with their candidates. You know, they hear a slogan they like, and that's that's they're in. And that's it. 
regardless of what what's on the next page, I agree. or how long that page, how big the book is, they're they in. hear that slogan and they're in. We have the mentality of goldfish, the attention span of goldfish, or less than goldfish at this point. I think another part of it is what you're talking about there too, is we like black and white. Yeah. And you said we're in. And when we're in, we're in. Yeah. We're not halfway in. We're not two-thirds. We're not a quarter. We're in. Yeah. We like black and white. We like good versus evil. And the Those problem is... Choices, right? Yeah. The problem is most of the world's in gray. Yes. Um, and, and that's hard. That's the hard part. You know, a how lot much, of... A how lot much black? How much white? Right. And a lot of the conspiracies and, and mysteries that we're going to cover on this show operate fully in the gray. <laughs> so and you know be what? prepared. A ton of things in life do. Yeah. Especially when you get into politics. I'll guarantee you 100%. There is no black, there is no white, there is no right, there is no wrong. Regardless of what they say on the campaign trail. Whatever, oh, whoever yeah. says on the campaign trail, there is no black and white. You're right. And I think this is one of those. I think people hear something they like. As you said, it aligns with some of their beliefs. And they're in. Yep. And when they're in, they're in. Yeah. Yeah, so again... You know, uh, the one other thing I wanted to mention about sure. Wayfair is the fact... Wayfair didn't help themselves for the first two or three months that this was breaking. They said nothing. Wayfair they didn't defend the themselves. Um, and they allowed media outlets to try to defend them for themselves. And I think that was a mistake. Maybe. Um, yeah. You know... Somewhere along the line... Are you going to respond to every crazy, stupid lunatic? No, I'm you, sure that was original thinking. Of course, but after two weeks and you're viral, you have to make a decision. And your sales are plummeting, right? Sort of. You have to say something. I so agree. I think that was a big part of that. What led that in? But Probably. you and I, are, this whole show is going to be based on some sort of, you know, uh, some sort of crazy mystery or or conspiracy, and we're going to get to those nuggets. Um, but. That's the whole point of this show. We want to find those nuggets, and then that's what we're going to talk about. Is it more or less newsworthy? And even this one has that quality. So Maybe not where Wayfair and this particular conspiracy is any more newsworthy, but the fact that, how many million did it say? On thought Facebook. on Facebook or on Instagram alone believed it? That... Is newsworthy. That is. People got to change. But if I ask you overall, the topic I covered, which is the Wayfair child trafficking conspiracy theory, more coverage, less. I, I'll lead it off. I'll say less. It doesn't have enough. Again, what was my original supposition? Right. It's stupid. It's crazy. So I'm torn. And here's why I'm torn. I know. Um, anytime that we can put child trafficking or human trafficking in the news i'm for it however this particular one and pizzagate it hurt the real issue it hurts the real issue sure. so i'm with you no more news coverage on, on wayfair um, we're sitting here giving it some right now. well i mean that's the whole point of the show <laughs> That is the point of our show. Absolutely. Um, to determine, do we ever speak of this again? It's kind of, I'll tell you what this is like, Jerry. Years and years ago, I'm going to date myself. There was a radio station in Lexington, Kentucky, that after, I don't know, playing the margarina about seven billion times, said, guess what? 
we're not doing it anymore. We're going to have album burning in some park there in Lexington. And we are never playing the Mark Arena again. Wonder why? Because enough complaints. It was just so. That's all they talked about. That's all they did. That's all they did. So, which one, by the way? Huh? Which one? Which one? What? Station Double Q? No, 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 no. The Macarena is like some pop stuff. I don't even know if the station's they still were there. They were pop back then. No, Double Q's always been classic rock. Come on, Jerry. Well, they played some pop, I thought. No, no, no. no. Double Q gonna come out here and, and hit you with a stick. They've always been pop or uh, classic. Classic rock. They went country. No, they're still classic rock. I got them on my radio right now. One? No, Double Q, one hundred point one. They they moved the, their dial number. They're still classic. Well, ninety eight one used to be Double Q. Used to be classic yeah, rock. Blah, blah, now the country. Blah. Well, no, nobody cares about them when I was gone. So anyway, no more coverage on Wayfair, right? Yeah. Two thumbs down. Hey, guys, tell us what you think, right? Tell them how. We'd love to hear. Tell them, Jerry. They can email us at newsworthy with Steve and Jerry at gmail.com. They can text us at area code 540 709-1318. Absolutely. Use the text line. Email us. And we want to hear from whatever you got. We want to hear you got an awesome ghost story. We want to hear if you have an idea. We want to hear if you got a guest or you want to be a guest on our show. We, love we, we'd love to hear from you. But other than that, um, stick around. Man, that episode is really interesting. And if you'll stick around for us for just a few commercials, we have another great story to tell you. Hi, this is Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. When it comes to buying a home, the process can be overwhelming and confusing. With so many options, it can be hard to know where to start. That's why it's important to work with a certified mortgage loan originator. I have the knowledge and expertise to guide you through the process and find the best mortgage option for you. I will work with you every step of the way to ensure that you are getting the best deal possible. So if you're looking to purchase or refinance, please reach out to me at 502-680-0953. So don't take on the stress of buying a home alone. Work with me and I will make your dream a reality. Trust the professionals and make your home buying experience a positive one. MLS ID 448-908, DAS Acquisition Company, LLC, doing business as USA Mortgage, MLS ID 227262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions apply. USA Mortgage is equal housing opportunity. If you want us to review or rate your product on air, if you have suggestions for new episodes, awesome ghost stories, or anything else, please reach out to us. Our email address is newsworthywithstephenjerry at gmail.com. Our text number is area code 540-709-1318. And now, back to the story. Man, what a great episode. But today's bonus story, Jerry, is crazy. It is. We're going to talk about a chicken that lived 18 months with no head. No way. So Mike, as the chicken affectionately became... Known back in 1945, um, Lloyd Olson and his wife Clara were out killing the chickens as farmers do, making you know, getting ready to eat. 
However, he would Olson would decapitate the birds and use a hatchet. The wife would clean them. They put them in the you know they would eat them. They do whatever with them. However, when Mike was decapitated, he didn't act like the rest of the chickens. How oh, so? He got up and started walking around. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's not like most of the rest. And uh, he was still walking around when they were in. He was the reason. Have you ever heard the old expression, running around like a chicken with your head cut off? I've heard it many times. That is based Didn't know on they were Mr. Talking about Mike, Mike here. So this is a really long story because in 18 months, Mike had an amazing life. He went on tour. He did. <laughs> the family during this particular hard time really used this chicken to feed their family. Literally. More than once. More than once. Um, so anyway, of course, <laughs> some parts of this story I just can't help. I'm sorry. Parts. So when Lloyd when Lloyd Olson woke the following morning, he expected this chicken to be fully dead. Um, however, he stepped outside, and the damn thing was still walking around, he said. <laughs> and it gives into his weird family history. Um, we're not going to get into all that. But basically, when they took, they took Mike with them when they went to town to sell the other chickens that they had butchered the day before. And uh, it drew quite a crowd. And then he thought, well... If it draws this much of a crowd, maybe it'll draw people who can pay. So basically, they went around for the next 18 months, touring around, showing off this headless chicken for a small fee. (laughs) Um, He had articles in Life magazine. Um, It was crazy. They went to California. They went to Arizona, all showing off this weird Headless bird. Um, Some people did not like that. They called them Nazis. But for the most part, the people love seeing Mike the Headless Chicken. Now, how did this happen? Because this is the important question. How does a chicken live for 18 months without a head? Turns out, science wins. Most of the brains that are in a chicken are in the back part of the brainstem. That's where all the, the the automatic functions are. They fed the chicken directly down his esophagus with a liquid food. And because there was just enough of the brainstem left, that's how Mike the chicken was able to survive. He lived for, a year and a half. for 18 months, finally dying. He was on tour in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and I just... <laughs> I just looked it up. At at one point, the owner was making, in today's money, $59,000. Right. It was only 4000 at the time, but with inflation, that's $59,000 with his headless chicken. Based on a headless chicken. They still, to this day, in Fruta, have a headless chicken festival every day, or every year in May. <laughs> and that's the story, the brief story. I would actually encourage any of you guys, you can find the article on the BBC, you can find the article pretty much anywhere. Read the entire article about Mike the Headless Chicken, but just be known that a chicken named Mike 
lived 18 months and effectively made his owners very rich people <laughs> by being completely headless. Do you know what Paul Harvey would have to say about that? And that, my friends, is the rest. And now you know the rest of the story. Absolutely. And Jerry, if you can't see the light, be the light. <laughs>